0: This is Volume 61 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sitting down, listening in your car. Hopefully you're listening at home and uh, during this lockdown and uh, getting the most out of it. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have recaps of shows we've done. We have videos, a bunch of other stuff that's going to be popping up. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So yeah, another week's gone by. You know, slowly we're all settling in. I think in California we've done a month of this and it looks like we're going to probably have another month of this. So we've gotten through halfway of it and numbers are looking good and I think everybody's hopeful. I know I'm hopeful. Luckily for myself, I live in Southern Orange County where the numbers are looking really good and a lot of that has to do with people have bought into uh, the social distancing thing and I think that's good and you're starting to see the effects so the numbers are going to go down stabilize and all that kind of thing but only if we really kind of chip in. I know everyone's itching to get out there I think there's a lot of other things that you could be doing in the meantime and to occupy your time you know I've definitely been trying to keep in shape uh, doing balance board stuff, working out, that kind of stuff, keeping my mind off of it. Also I found it a really good time to kind of catch up on a lot of reading and studying to do with surfing. If there's any other time than to study what's lacking out of your surfing is probably now. So watch videos, watch people up closely, things that you're trying to learn. It's something that we hit upon during the Wednesdays with Worm that we just did where it's you're really going to benefit from looking at the details of some of your favorite surfers you know she was talking about how joel and cassia's foot positioning on going left is and that's something that i think we need to do more of is to get better at our craft is really to study it's something i know a lot of skateboarders do i don't think surfers do it as much as they should it's something i need to be better about but you know i think that's something you can do the other thing too is i recommend Picking up some random creative thing. I know everybody's doing the baking thing. Wingnut and a bunch of other people are doing it. Uh, Surfing, non-surfing people. That's something that's good. I think it's actually really dangerous to know how to cook bread because it's really kind of bad for you. But pick up some skill you never did. You know, challenge yourself. This is the opportunity where you have the time to do it. And it'll give your mind some discipline to follow and a structure to follow that I think will keep it going and not bored and not, wanting to look at the news and the dread part of it so I mean that's the thing but let's not get too much into that again thank you again for being fans thank you for joining us in this episode we have a very special treat in that I got to interview none other than Wingnut himself endless summer 2 fame uh WSL activity he talks about that he talks about the early Blackie scene so got to sit down with him Well, got to do the interview virtually uh, and doing the best we can at that. Also have some short takes uh, this week. Uh, One is this clip called Spooky Boy from Thomas Lodan. Uh, One thing that I want to talk about too in the short takes is this McTavish video series. That's really cool that they're doing on Instagram TV. I love it. And the last is a clip that the Inertia put out called Al Suave, which is basically Alex Nose and Cassio Medor in... Costa Rica, Santa Teresa, uh, right before lockdown happened. But you know, during this lockdown, a lot of people producing content, a lot of DJs are doing sets, and it got me thinking about the DJs and producers that I love in hip-hop, both uh, past and present. And one thing that was really cool to check out was RZA vs. Premiere, because for me, those are the two eminent hip-hop producers. So this episode, I'm going to be doing a lot of tracks that showcase those producers and those DJs who did amazing jobs and are doing amazing jobs coming out. Uh, so check out the tracks. We'll be back in a little bit and uh, do this little interview with Wignut. Peace.
1: Hey, yo, it's the dirt. this the dirt Who be getting down with his foot on full metal Your money's got a level Got his finger in four things For most things Now money do Yo, he be walking like he lord of the race It's like three brothers kind of Suspiciously tight-lit at the hip They're moving like a f***ing pyramid Because this part is business Collecting the stash And then investing the cash Before the market crashes Like however, whenever, whatever Yo, man, we got him Fools and ain't cool to step to me To stop of Mr. L, I raise razor they make it easy to gauge you everything you done, I done, did it too yeah. Many times before, and way before you I got my suitcase lined up From Bronx Zoo to Malica Big shout to Paul, Anishma, Becky Gallica For real, sure Break out them for in I used to be Montana Grew to be Carlito Reinventing myself So now I'm Benny Blanco and I'll be rolling in the car To the guitar sounds of full volume Keep your focus is what I told you. Cause Sally got a one-track mind And if she ever find you behind Then you'll find you fine And in time Status of grace in places places. Head headlines to And on newspapers And stick up Give me your brisk and your mobile. The enemy awards and now. This is why me and Al Pacino is as cool as it gets And that's the real stuff
2: In my face before I left her. Bottom of a circus, we were twins a silver circuits. Red and blue pills with a two dollar purpose. Love ain't a dollar sign, drug me up on wine. Heart ain't the machine gun, that she poppy line. Now it's cable ready, cable will, and it refined. It will spill from my hand like a foreign bill. Pass me my landing card, storyboard, and chlorophyll. Now much else left to do today though blow through a smokestack sip a volcano eight strength drain no we can't ain't able, i bet he like gravel talking to her like she paid though she gets full service cause i works with no conscience used to be a lover now a fighter and a monster once a henry fonda now an anaconda a breeder ready rapacha walk the line before the concert storm out the stage like show you how to work keep it real humble then again i'm in my work shirt make a meet earth about my birthplace, forgot it for a moment. Street tears rolling down my face. Ayo, you never forget that. Like opposites, I untrapped, I, I polish the lip scratch. Four and three and two and one. What up? I'm
1: on the mic, this is one. Just hit
2: the stage on the mic drop. One two. Put your anger in a proper place, job it up and sell it Wanna be a millionaire, then you live the story, tell it Tired of hearing about that fake shit, you bake shit, I build shit You take shit, I make gangsters feel shit, that real shit No apologies, people call me lottery Eric and monopoly, runs on pens and pottery Spin you up a sip and bowl and your attention to Mama raised me right, but that pussy make me act a fool Sometimes cool, sit around and think about it Death and taxes on my mind, nobody wanna hear about it Trust must bleed. lust must seed. Dust off my dick, took a week to think about some shit Now I'm about to split out the house, down the corner store Get a three-pack, twelve-pack, then go hit the bar Push through the glass, all bar took Used to know everybody, now just a couple homies. Seen this one hottie, she looked like a Scottie. My brain thinking probably she tastes like it. Honestly, I feel heavy bodily, nerves like pasta. Tired of hunting strings feeling dread mean, like a roster About to be the mean, same situation okay. that I left, self-evaluating, hate had me wanna go and hurt myself. Four and three two and one. One two. One, two. One, two.
3: Check one, two Whoa.
4: Dumb shit, so check this hit I see the neck breaking butt shaking freaks of this year Yeah, to the stilo of how it go Your neck turning cause your head already knows So fast that And watch Quaz dip fast And have honey back in the Jeep catching whiplash Backs so fat, have you all on smile Take my dip to the motel, do things And make you raise your eyebrows I'm coming soon, y'all about to get so hit that pool, but protect yo. dick Eject, wrong, I'm still stabbing with my prong. i be blowing up lots, you think you was sitting on a nail bomb uh, Stay on and keep rocking, please I feel sorry for them blind men They ain't seeing these acting We roll with bad trends or basics After I'm done, i pass her off to the next stage. She got your
5: head turning, cause she know her back a Shake it up like this, and look like that huh? She got your head turned cause her face ain't black Move on like this, and then like that uh, She got your head turning, she look like a snake now was on like this, and then like that She got your head turning cause her back's just fat Shake it up like this, and then like that
4: Them backs pack energy like nuclear reactors My name is Loa Waz, and this be the broad factor. After she soon choose me, I'll take a coke. Ah, the girl here, over there, a million strokes No jokes, I see tan lines and start aiming mine. That girl so fine, a hundred dumb niggas in line Bumped into my old ex-girl, now we blend them And I hit one, don't say jack, then walk quiet like a ninja I enter, freak, so you should should expect, yeah. to practice yoga so we can get that other position set, you got the sex stuff, guess what, I'm the one that hit it, you won't neglect it, my gym be employing paramedics, I get it, yeah and it'll stay that way, I know you'll be back, you know I got some dimes on layaway, away, and I'll be here freaking fly honey, that make you sweat, do me a favor, I'll tell your girl that I ain't finished yet, she
5: got your head turning cause she know her back's a sweat, shake it up like this, and low like that, huh? she got your head turning cause her face ain't whack, move on like this, and then like that, huh? she got your head turning she look like a snack But what's on like this And then like that She got your head hurtin' Cause her back's is fat Shake it up like this
6: And then like that and <inser> Ford and Ford. And, uh, clapping,
4: clapping,
6: rapping, the sound of fingers snapping and tapping. Clapping, rapping, the sound of fingers snapping and tapping. Clapping, rapping, the sound of. fingers snapping, tapping, clapping, rapping, Snapping, and tapping, Tap your hands, everybody. Clapping, <coughs> drop, tapping, Tap your hands, everybody. Clapping, <coughs> drop, tapping, clapping, rapping. The sound of fingers snapping and tapping. Lapping, rapping, the sound of fingers snapping. <laughs> We just wanna make you
7: dance, it was sad And rhythm instruments. I've seen folks come and go I even heard it on the radio It's no lie We're gonna break it down tonight Cause with our funky beat People crowd up on the street Don't be shy We've come to satisfy You want to hear more, my friend track up around the bend don't hide we just be fly now fi- Come on down, cause folks be coming from miles around, no lie, we'll make you feel high. Times are changing, but we stay the same, cause the beat is the aim of the game, that's right, we're gonna bounce hard tonight. Come on, and put your best suit on, we'll be rocking till the break of dawn, ooh, I, 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 we'll make you feel F-U-N-I-K-S. I said a D to the A. F-U-N-I-K-S. Now follow me. We just wanna make you die. It will set
0: This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder is a company that was started by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the best scientists to formulate clean performance products instead of what you see in most brands out there. Unlike other supplements, they get every batch tested by a third-party lab to make sure you are getting the highest quality products straight to you. They sent me a bunch of their products and I was able to test them. And it was really cool because I actually use protein powders and a lot of these supplements in my daily regimen, in my daily life. The ones that I really like were their whey protein powders, their vanilla, their chocolate. They're really good. They're really clean. I blend it with some fruit or sometimes just water if I just need a clean shake. They performed really well and worked for me in all my workouts and in my surfs. I noticed that I had a consistent energy and performance level that I normally don't have from protein powders. I didn't feel tired. I didn't feel hungry. It was like perfect. And that shake bottle that they have makes it so easy that you don't have to even use a blender. You could just drop water into it and be ready to go. That's why it's ideal to like keep the packets in your car, keep the bottle in your car, and just mix it up when you need it. Use code better everyday for 30% off site wide at Ladder.sport. That's better everyday for 30% off at Ladder.sport. ladde Sport. Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast Volume 61. Hope you guys been digging the tracks. I really tried to pick a mix of stuff new and old. And with a focus on producers and DJs that are putting stuff together. This episode is going to be track heavy because I'm not doing the secondary segment that I usually do. I'm really just focusing on the interview this episode. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is a Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, BodegaBorderCrew.com for merch, reviews of things we're doing, videos. I'm going to be posting a lot more stuff up there, so make sure you check it out. Also, make sure to check out the episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So this episode, I was lucky enough to connect with Wingnut. Him and I have been going back and forth for about a year now. And he lives up north and I live down south and our paths have never worked out. And there was no better time than now to test out doing an interview remotely. So he was gracious enough to spend a little time with us one afternoon. And discuss the early Blackie scene, competitive surfing, the Endless Summer 2, and a bunch of other stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy.
8: What's your name and where are you from? Uh, Wingnut. I uh, live in <laughs> Santa Cruz, California at Pleasure Point. Originally from Newport, I learned how to surf at Blackies.
0: Yeah, and you were born originally in Germany and you moved over to the States when you were three years old?
8: Uh, I think four. Four. About four years old. Yeah, originally moved inland in Alhambra, which is where my dad was, and then my mom wanted to get us closer to the beach, so we moved to Irvine. Okay. So I was in Irvine till about third grade, uh-huh. and my mom kept taking us down to Big Corona Beach. Uh huh. I-, I learned how to body surf at Big Corona. Oh, nice. It was neat. There was a little sixty-five-year-old woman, Mrs. Harborman, and I can remember that she and her three friends would sit there and play cards. Uh-huh. and huh. At the end of the day, she would swim the whole length up and back at Big Corona Beach and then come body surfing in. And my brother and I were trying to figure out how to do it. And she just stayed with us every afternoon till we figured out how to body surf.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
8: So I was a body surfer first before I even moved into Newport. And then we moved to Newport into Newport Heights. Uh-huh. And so I ended up going to Newport Heights Elementary, then Ensign, and Newport Harbor High. Okay. Uh, That's my, you know, and I rode my bike down to 36th Avenue and just body surfed and boogie boarded there.
0: So what was, what made you want to surf? Like what was the thing that like the first time that you were, it kind of clicked in your head like, I want to do this?
8: Well, it was um, a neighbor two doors over. My mom was in real estate at the time and helped John and Joanne Snellgrove buy the house. And he comes over to me, he's got a brand new one-year-old baby. And he's like, uh, and I'm 16 years old I'm mowing my lawn. (laughs) And he's like, you want to go surfing? And I'm like, uh, I don't know how. And goes, I'll teach you. And it, and it was neat because I, I understood the ocean, right? Because I was a body surfer. Right. And I had, I had the, the ocean skills. I just never tried standing up on a surfboard. So he threw me in, the, in his truck. We went down to Blackie's and I started, you know, catching waves next to him. Oh, nice. And then my I was going to Newport Harbor High School and my wrestling coach was a bartender at Bobby McGee's. Uh uh-huh. Bobby McGee's was on the other side of the bridge.
0: Yeah,
8: yeah. Mar. Uh, in the old stern wheeler paddleboard thing
0: uh-huh.
8: right by it there. I'm not sure it was in there. Um they were just redoing the bar section and they had taken out an old Dave Sweet surfboard and it still had the prices for drinks on it. Oh shit. <laughs> so he gave that to me. And I remember paddling out on it at, at Blackie's. I just fucking waxed over all the uh, the drink prices. And I was just trying to catch waves on that at Blackie's. And that was back in the day with Pete Nickertz and Mike Bourgeois, uh, Mike Marshall, you know, the the early, early Blackie's guys.
0: Yeah, and so what was that, I mean, because it's obviously a huge scene now. And it's, it's, I mean, it's been, it's gone through different phases, right, of, of different generations. And now you have this very much this younger... Um, I would almost call like hipster surfer kind of generation.
8: Uh, I, I'm excited to see that generation there. Yeah. Right? Um, what
0: was it I like? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what was it? What was it like when you were there? That's the big question.
8: For, virtually nobody surfed blackies, right? Uh-huh. So it had a really small longboard scene, and as I was saying, it was Nickerts, it was Mike Kilfoy, it was this little group of guys. They all had jobs, right? So mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, they were working, whether they were painters, contractors. You know, teachers, all that. So on the weekend, you'd have kind of a scene where everybody would be there. By everybody, I'd mean like 15 or 20 people. Right. And just nobody served there. And I was the youngest guy by 15, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm... 17, 18 years old going to Newport Harbor High School, and I'm trying to figure out how to handle this, you know, nine-six-date sweep that I've got down there. And I didn't realize at the time that the guys that, that I was surfing with, the Blackies, how how good they were.
0: Uh-huh. You know,
8: who they were in the context of, you know, the 1960s. Yeah. So it was a pretty, you know, as, as I as I got involved in the sport, and the cool thing about John Snowbrook, who taught me how to surf, was he had a complete collection of Surfer Magazine. Oh, Whoa. Complete, so he had in his garage he had bookshelves and he would allow me to check out a year at a time. Whoa, original surfer magazines, and I would just sit there and you know, page through them and just suck the knowledge out of them.
0: You're basically, I mean, that's the access at that time to the encyclopedia, like that. Right. Like, you can't even, I mean, people would die for that now.
8: Oh, it, it, it was great. And I was I was always kinda into the you know, the nineteen fifties, sixties era. I was an Elvis fan, you know, I just that was that's a, kind of a magical time in American history, right? It was you know, um post Ken, you know, post World War Two, right. you know, up until the Kennedy assassination, things were pretty great. It was quite, quite the booming time you had you know, um, you know the beatniks—all the guys that didn't want to get real jobs after World War II that just right. didn't fit in society—and so they were either motorcycle guys or surf guys. You know, they just found their own paths. Right. And that just, and, but but everything was good. You know, they were they were bad in the social norms, but yeah. they were still really good people. They weren't doing relatively were. speaking. Yeah. They just didn't want to get a real job.
0: Yeah. Which who does? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. And that was probably like around your like like late teens, like early twenties, and stuff like that.
8: Like yeah, I was saying like I was you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. Okay. I you know graduating from Newport Harbor High School in '83, right? To okay. put it in perspective. Okay. And I was working at Ruby's at the end of the Balboa Pier, the first Ruby's. Oh, okay, that one.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah. I helped.
8: I helped open that restaurant and was there for five years. Well,
0: one of the original Ruby's employees. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, was there anyone else, like, around your age that was into that, into longboarding and... and- well, I
8: mean, every area has their own little zone. Steve Farwell was yeah. kind of part of it there at Blackie's. And, but then, like, are we, I was one of the original 20 members of Blackie's, the circle okay. Blackie's Classics. Okay. And I was the youngest. Okay. <laughs> and then, but all the other clubs, you know, there was Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we had the clubs. And so, you know, obviously you had you know Joel on the extreme of the young and you had the Pascoids family but it, there were not a lot of people our age that were you know riding longboats.
0: and so how do you for in, in that perspective how do you, how did your influence like in terms of how you were surfing you were just looking at these older guys and kind of emulating what they were doing
8: Well, like, I, you know, I I can specifically remember, like, I wanted to learn how to do a drop knee turn, and Kenny Sanford had the best drop knee turn of wackies.
0: Okay. So I would
8: just, every time Kenny was in the water, I was in the water with him. I was just following him around like a puppy dog, trying to watch him surf, watch him surf. How does he do that turn? How beautiful deep drop and he turned. His wife, Becky, is the co-manager at Duke's and Huntington Beach. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, so I've known the Sanford since, you know, back then. You know? Oh, Jesus. And, you know, it, and it was great. And then Tom, uh, Don Craig. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that started Old Guy's Rule. Yeah. He all the time. And he was just the best nose rider there was. So I would, I would follow Don to figure out his nose riding skills.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's basically it's the way that most people theoretically try to learn, right? Any of these skills? Like, I mean, now it's a little different because it's like you have social media, you have videos. So kids could just like pause stuff. You know, I know me coming from. So I come from like the the uh, late 80s New York City skateboarding scene. And like for us, like we didn't have magazines, we didn't have that many videos. So for us, anytime we saw someone do something, it was the same thing that you're saying. You just like try to be a sponge.
8: Yeah, exactly. You just watch it, and yeah. it's like you know, absorb it because back then there, there you know, VHS wasn't even around, right? right? You know, I don't think they had even released Bruce's, you know, the original Animal Summer* on a VHS yet.
0: Oh Jesus! So, yeah, true. So,
8: so, so you know, you just didn't have And I think right about then, Bruce started to release his movies. Mm-hmm. So you know, Dana remastered all of them. So that was really the only thing I had to watch because I didn't give a shit about modern surfing. Right. It's just, just captivated. Like, I, I never thought that I, I, like, I wouldn't go that direction, but I, I wanted to get good at this. Okay. I wanted, to, I wanted to figure out how this worked. Right. I didn't think it would take so long to get good at it. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, look, I'm a late learner. Like, I, I started surfing six, seven years ago coming from skateboarding. And for me, the one of the biggest attractions is that is that this is something that I will spend the rest of my life trying to get good at. And and I that's the attraction to it, right? It's like it's it's the hum it's the human we have that in our DNA, I guess, as just a, a species where it's like we need things to know that we're progressing at. You know, if we do anything that it just stops whether it be because of age or whatever it may be, we just get bored with it. Surfing right. is one of those things that even into your 70s, 80s, even though physically you're getting, it's harder. I mean,
8: uh, yeah, your body telling you you should stop, your mind's saying
0: that. No, it's no, the mind's like, oh. I mean, sense. I see with skateboarding all the time. Like, I have yeah. a twisted ankle from skating on Sunday just because of that. Like, I was like, oh, I can do this, like, no problem. Wow, you're you're kind of old.
8: <laughs> well, that's, that's the huge advantage about surfing and the longevity that you have with yeah. it. Because, especially with longboarding, you, you're you not going to get injured as much. Yeah. You know, you can really, you know, maintain this throughout your entire life. You just start to set different goals for what you're trying to do when, when you're surfing. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what you're looking at. And like I was trying, you know, if you're not having fun out in the water, get out of the water. But like, I kind of like, what is going to make today fun?
9: Yeah, have, yeah.
8: Am I gonna try to connect the dots and see how far I can ride this shitty little wave? Yeah, or am I gonna get pissed off cuz God, there's not a good nose-riding section here. I'm just gonna try to connect the dots. Wow, yeah. I made it all the way over to here, you know People are always like why do you ride the wave so far? And I'm like, well, it's not my turn I just got one right so yeah. I might as well ride this one. Yeah, to somewhere. Yeah, you know and come back out yeah. But it's like the, the wave gave us all that energy to enjoy, let's enjoy every last drop of it. And then just, and you learn something by every little nuance of energy of that wave till it ends. So.
0: Yeah, no, no, was, no, that makes sense. I mean, surf it to the end. I forgot who, who I remember someone telling, I don't know if it was Joel or someone else, was just like, surf it to the beach. Yeah. Like, it's not going to, who cares? Like, who cares? You're going to learn something. You're going to get... It's-
8: Right, something's going to happen that'll make like, wow, that that I didn't think that. Oh, and now what I can do, and you learn from oh this to that, mm-hmm. which will help you on a bigger wave
0: at some point later on. Yeah, you might as well learn on a smaller one. Um, how did competitive surfing come into your life? Like, when did that start?
8: Uh, it was it was the club contests. Okay. Right, because that's all there was. Uh-huh. You know, back in the eighties, it was the Oceanside contest, and then it was the Santa Cruz contest, the right. longboard union event at the lane and at the Oceanside pier. And then, as the other longboard clubs, there ended up being, I think, like thirteen or fourteen longboard clubs. Okay. as they came up, you know, a few of them would host their events at their at their beaches too.
0: Oh, okay. And so, what age were you when you started doing that?
8: Probably right around eighteen.
0: Okay, right around that age, and that's when yeah. you started seeing, like, I mean.
8: The fucking Paskowitz family.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. Basically, <laughs> they were maintaining that and stuff. Well <laughs> oh,
8: I mean it was between Joel, you know, who, who was lethal everywhere, and then the Paskowitz, or the Paskowy. Yeah, people, you know, I mean, they'd show up, and like, I, I didn't realize at the time, you know, like for for like five years, how many of them there were. <laughs> Just like, you know, a I'm gaggle like, being beat by Israel and all the goofy puts, and like, yeah, oh great, we're going to Malibu. I don't have to deal with those guys. Oh you know, no, there's a bunch of, and they open the locker, and here comes Jonathan. Out. I'm like, <laughs> You're Christ, great. how am I going to beat these guys? So, I mean, it was it was really a pleasure to, to watch. The, the, just the skill set of, of that group, but it was such a small group of really highly talented surfers. And, know, I mean, it was Joel and the Paskowitz and a few others, I mean, you had Gamboa, but Gamboa was younger. I mean, I'm trying to think of, at my age, yeah. who, who it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, and what kind of boards, like, in terms of longboards? what kind of longboards were people riding in, in that era that you were competing against?
8: Uh, for the most point, you know, everybody was on Takayama's. Okay. You know, Joel and Joel's World were on Takayamas. I was fortunate um, in that I had Mike Marshall, mm-hmm. who you know, originally founded Blackies, and Mike and Sharon are kind of like my mom and dad. Right. So Mike originally shaped for Quig and then for Harbor Surfboards. So okay. you know, I I had boards that he was making for me, and then I had a couple boards from Russell. Okay. You know, I was just trying to feel my way, but it, it was mostly two plus one stuff. Okay. You know, and it was trying to find that balance between, you know, even though they were two plus one, they weren't, they didn't have a lot of rocker, Mm -hmm. and they, you know, but they still were trying to get a little bit of hard edge at the back, you know, trying to put put all that together.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of like interesting when it went the other route. You know, when did you see that happening when it went back to being more traditional in terms of design?
8: Well, I mean, I. I I messed with it for a while. Mike made me some, you know, complete three fin thruster boards, you know, some of the first epoxy boards ever made that blew up. And he he was just building them in his garage. Right. But to me, like the best surfing I ever saw at Blackies was Pete Nickert. Okay. And total underground guy and old Blackies guys know who Pete is, the knife Nickert. And the best single fin guy I've ever seen. And And he was called the knife. His a goofy foot, and he could move a surfboard through the water. He could poke it within an inch of your eye and cut back. I mean, he was like, just guy was leading. Insane. He was great. Just the best, coolest, smoothest, never talk, real quiet, Out, You know, so that was, you know, that helped get me back into that whole single fin mindset. And I can remember what had happened when I broke my last two plus one board that Mike had made me. Uh-huh. And he had made me a replica trestle special. Oh, okay. Because he shaped the trestle for Mark Martinson at Harbor Surfboards.
0: Oh, he did? Okay.
8: Yeah, Mike and John Gray were yeah. part of, of the Harbor Surfboards crew that did the trestle special. So I had a three-stringer nose and tail block, 9'6 nine, uh, that I had. Uh-huh. And I can remember big big winter swell was coming. That's all I had left. And I drove up to Rincon, spent the night in the parking lot and surfed, you know, big Rincon on it. Yeah. And that became my board from that point forward. That I and I never went back to anything but a single from then. I mean, we're probably talking about 85, 86. Wow.
0: Wow. I mean, because that's like, you know, there was that whole like high pro era where people were going on three plus two plus ones and everybody was doing it, you know, it was kind of like hard edge in the back, light boards and stuff and...
8: I moved over to Hawaii at that point, I graduated from Orange Coast College, moved up to Santa Cruz to go to UC Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. missed registration because I was in Hawaii with Mike and Sharon Marshall on a on a Christmas break thing, and so I decided, look, if I'm just going to wait tables and surf, yeah. with a girlfriend at the time who suggested it, why don't you just do that in Hawaii? Uh,
0: there's, there's no better place to do it.
8: <laughs> she came with me, uh, we've been married for 27 Oh wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so we moved to Oahu, and I brought over um, a couple of single-fin martial boards. Uh-huh. And I, I think the highlight of living over there was I'd known son son uh-huh. from events in California. And so Rel introduced me to everybody at Queens. Whoa. So, and then at, at one of China's, one of the first China contests when I was over there, China U and contest at Queens, like, she rode my martial board and won the contest. Oh, wow. In fact, so I was like, listen, where is it? In here, yeah. Oh, I can, I can bring I can bring this in. Whoa! This is my, this is my trophy from China's contest. <laughs> oh, that is awesome, right? It's one of the few things that I've got left, and my son's like, "You got to keep that. It's cool, man." It's pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: How was it? How was it? I mean, what year was that? It was the '80s. You were living out in Oahu. Yeah,
8: yeah. So we moved over there. I think it was '88 and '89. Okay. Yeah, I can tell you. I can look at the trophy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And 87. 87. And it it was great because I was the only one on um, like a California style Uh nose righty single fin. Yeah. And to give you an idea, Bonga Perkins was 14 years old. Oh, my God. And Bonga was going completely vertical at Queens on a 9'6 sippy single fin. I mean, when he would hit the lip if you're sitting in the water, you can see the top of the fin box. Oh my God. Like the, I was, Bongo was just amazing. And he was just a little grom at the time. Okay. You know, and he just developed into such a great kid, but it was Lance O'Connell. It was Dino Miranda, Joey Valentin. You know, it was a really strong Queens crew at the time. And out in the water there is where I met um, Ernie Tanaka. Okay. So and his son Tommy now is one of the better shapers there. But early yeah. I ended up meeting Paul Strau. I mean, okay. all these things continued on through my time from living in
0: Hawaii. I mean, it's amazing. You hear all these like like interesting parts of surf history. <laughs> And people going to Hawaii and starting this whole new network of people from all different eras. And it's interesting to hear your era, like the right. it is happening, like that that it still exists. Because it's happening, you know, it happens to this day, like with the North right. Shore scene and all that kind of stuff. And now the new Queen scene, you know, there's like
8: uh, it's amazing, yeah. And I love I love seeing it and hearing about it because you know, my wife and I we both work restaurants, right? Okay. So we would go to Queens every morning at six o'clock park on Ahua Street. Uh-huh. We'd surf for two and a half, three hours at Queens, come back, drive back to our apartment, have something to eat, take a nap because we'd work restaurants until midnight. Right. And then just start the cycle over again.
0: Jesus. It's like (laughs) a dream. And then when did you, um, so when you moved back was what, uh, early 90s?
8: Yeah, early 90s. And I came back and I had to reestablish residency for a year. And then I went back, back to UC Santa Cruz. Okay. And so that we're talking like 1990 uh-huh. and then 91, I graduated from, um, UC Santa Cruz in June. Okay. Janice and I got married in October. Okay. And then Bruce Brown called me in January of 91.
0: Well, see, that was going to be my question. So I've heard, uh, I've, I've read some interviews and I've heard some stuff. Um, I, I, I guess the thing is it happened by chance, huh? That you were in it.
8: I, I mean, I never met Bruce until that time. I mean, he was good friends with Mike and Sharon Marshall and we knew some mutual people, but I hadn't met him. Uh-huh. So that, you know, I got a phone call and he's just like, hey, you know, we're thinking of And, and I'm, just, I'm listening to this voice. Hey, we're thinking of doing the sequel to The Endless Summer. Like, I want to know if you'd be interested. And I'm just like, at first you think, who's fucking with me? They yeah, yeah, to, of course, yeah. Friend, you know? And I'm like, holy shit. This, it you'll hear the voice and you're like hey, you know it. the voice
0: over voice, it's there <laughs> so,
8: so about 10 minutes into the call, I'm like oh yes yes yes, I'm like I, I, can, I can I'm ready Tuesday, you know, I gotta mow the lawn do some laundry, but I'm ready and he's like oh no no, settle down kid, we got a few months to go, we haven't signed contracts yet, and he goes but I want to meet you, you know, yeah. I don't want to go around the world with an asshole, I've done that already yeah. <laughs> sorry Hanson uh, uh, yeah <laughs> so you know, so I drove down what happened was the ASR trade show was happening in about two or three weeks, and uh-huh. I wanted God, I wish I could find him. Um, I wanted to try to get a job. <laughs> like this, just married, college graduate. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to go to the trade show to try and find work, but you can't get into the trade show unless you work in the industry, right? So you needed a business card, so I, I had picked up business cards from Hobie and Stewart when I was down there, and on okay. my little on my little iMac computer, my Mac SE, I made fake business cards for Hobie and for Stewart in case, <laughs> in case I went into the Hobie booth the head of I had it with Stewart, you know? <laughs> that was smart. That was so smart. So I got fake badges and I went through the ASR. That was my plan right to go to the yeah, show. Yeah. But once I knew I was going to the shows I called Bruce, Brack, Bruce back and said hey February I'm going down to the show. And he said why don't you come down mm-hmm. hang out for a couple days we'll go surfing and we'll see how it works.
0: Nice. And the rest
8: is history. The rest is, yeah.
0: And it took like, I mean, I guess it was like, what, two, three years of
8: filming for that? Uh, 18 months of filming.
0: 18 months of filming.
8: Yeah, we were under contract for two years to be on 24-hour notice.
0: So basically they would just call you up and be like, hey, there's a swell here. We're going to go. Let's shoot it kind of thing.
8: Yeah, so I had a go bag ready at the door. Yeah. And like some places like Australia where we knew we were going to be there for almost a month. Yeah. And we knew what the season was. Yeah. That was pretty much laid out in advance. But a couple of the other ones were pretty much targeted.
0: What was the most random one that you got the call that you were like, we're going here?
8: Well, like we went out and it, it's barely in the movie. We went to Natividad Island. Uh-huh. And that was a full, hey, there's a swell, let's run and Yeah. But, you know, South Africa was planned. Um, Fiji was planned. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it was pretty, pretty set up. But like going to Hawaii, we knew we were going to go for two weeks every winter. Yeah. How much of uh, the North Shore of Hawaii with Pat and I surfing are are in the movie? <laughs> yeah. We had two weeks of fucking around as much as we wanted in Hawaii. Yeah. They were filming pipe and sunset and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So it was great. It was yeah. Really
0: fun. Well, it's also I mean, look, I, I do the I do the winter trip every year, um, like two three weeks, and I've gotten. 20 days straight of no surf there, like right. it's.
8: You just don't know, and, and that's what was great about Bruce was because like Australia, we got basically skunked. Okay. But what what Bruce, his priority was like you know like all right hey the waves are really good well it's a foot smaller two feet smaller it's getting smaller the next three days he makes you turn around. It's hmm. like. What else is there to do in this place? And you discover the country that you're in. So he's so, and that was, I think, the beauty of his film is he engages you into the community and country Mm -hmm. that that you're adventuring in. So that's kind of what makes it so exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of films nowadays, it's pretty much like, lack of a better term, it's like surf porn, right? It's like they're just shooting the waves, they don't like, and and the people who travel to shoot them, they're not, you know, for me, that's like, you go to a place like Costa Rica, like, I just don't, I don't want to just surf there, I actually want to see stuff. Travel
8: around, and and that's what I think he, you know, always specialized in, is telling that story, and just making it a little bit more engaging. I mean, we'd like to, and uh, we're trying to get done a director's cut, because we shot 92 hours of film of 35 millimeter film. So, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff in the can that's never been seen. Jesus. And I mean, you realize that, so seven of us traveled around the world. Oh, man. We had, what was it? 72 pieces of luggage.
0: Oh, my God.
8: 4,000 pounds of gear. Oh, so we were just, you know, you're, you're carrying the stuff, you're moving it. You know, you can't carry the Airy 35s because those are $100,000 cameras. Yeah, yeah, gonna, that's actually. not happening. But the batteries and the sticks and everything else, yeah. we carried it. Yeah. You know, we, we we were the whole crew. We did everything. We flew coach, so we would have an unlimited budget. Bruce goes, hey, we fly first class, we can go to three countries. fly coach, we can go to 300.
0: Yeah, I'd rather go to the 300. Just, the just, just suck it up. Yeah,
8: yeah. What was funny is originally we were supposed to be on Pan Am Airlines.
0: Uh-huh.
8: Free tickets around the world. Uh-huh. What year did Pan Am? Oh, hold? yeah. They, that, Happy 91. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say, I was like, wait a second. I was like, that's towards yeah. the end of it. Yeah.
8: Yeah, yeah. So that didn't work. So, yeah. so But it, it was great. I mean, it was just a crew that really worked together well and was super tight. And we're all still really connected.
0: That's awesome. I mean, it's a great film. I mean, people love it. Uh, I, I think a director's cut would be amazing to see. Now, working on that film, was that what got you wanting to do your um, instructional videos? Or how did that happen?
8: That, that was a, a call out of the blue from the guys at Cypher Communications, George Cockle and uh, Toshi uh, Izawa. Toshi Izawa, I think. Izawa-san, yeah. And they just called me and they had this idea. Okay. And they showed me some video stuff of what they did. They said they'd shoot it in Santa Cruz, and that I was supposed to be home at that period, April May, because my son was scheduled to be born. Okay. So, so it worked like, out. I'm be home anyway. They were going to pay me five grand. That's what my deductible was for the hospital for getting the kid born. <laughs> Do you like this? Works out. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Cameron was uh, he was three weeks early and born right in the middle of production. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it, it always happens. That's why, for if anybody's watching the art of longboarding, yeah. watch it all the way to the end, fast forward through the credits, because at the very end we turn the camera around uh-huh. and my son, my wife and son are sitting there, and he's in a little car seat, and I'm basically I have explained all of this to him at a week old.
0: Oh, that is awesome! I never saw. No, because I I watch it, you know, Worm you and I
8: watch segments, but you never watch it past the end.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. Worm and I talk about how like we watch it all the time. We'll just like put it on. <laughs>
8: Um, I watch it and I look at Pleasure Point and I'm like, how lucky did we get? Oh, how yeah. great the surf was at the point and how uncrowded it was. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what's crazy about seeing it. Um, and you did like what three? There were three volumes. Four. Volumes? Yeah,
8: yeah, three, yeah, yeah. We did the Traveler, which was down in Costa Rica, yeah. and then we did Style, which we shot on our shore.
0: And it's 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 amazing how timeless it is. Like to this day, like I was saying, like we watch it all the time, and it's like it's just like it's one of those videos that like you always go back to. I mean, I think like you know when I first started longboarding, it was the thing that I watched a lot, and I think I I remember one of the pieces of advice like when you were talking about walking, how you were just like just like keep walking off the board, keep just keep going, keep going, keep going, and keep doing it over and over again. Um, And that brings me back to what she wanted to ask you and she said, what do you think is the best piece of advice that you gave in those videos?
8: Well, I mean, I think think you just brought it up because I say that all the time to people is there's all that pressure and fixation on nose writing, right? Because that is the ultimate thing and people, I I watch people get hung up, you know, 12 inches from the tip. I mean, if you're there, you're there, right? At twelve or sixteen inches from from the end of the board, you've done that. You're there. So, you know, I want to make it so it's real pretty when I get out there. But if you get there, screw it. Shuffle up the rest. Yeah. Get there and just hang out till it ends. Yeah. Because you're gonna make it. You know, six feet, eight feet farther than you think. Yeah. And it's during those fleeting seconds that your body learns what it feels like as it's gonna purl, and then you learn a split second sooner to kind of come back off.
0: Yeah. I mean it's, it's funny because it's been a struggle I've had for years and I finally like unlocked it like a, like a year ago and it was like thinking about what you were saying and Wern was actually one of the people that she said the same exact thing to me all the time. She's like, you're there. Why aren't you going? Like, yeah, why aren't
8: you there? You're yeah, there but you're not there.
0: Yeah, like just do it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense kind of thing. Um, I was
8: talking people like the last third of the wave when it's about to close out. Like normally you could try to do a nice kick out as you're coming to another section that's closing yeah. out. Stand, you know, standing island pull out, right? Go out, and hang five, hang ten until the wave closes out and then you'll just but you get commit to it at the very end of a ride. Yeah. Because you're not screwing up a really good wave.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean that's also I mean I that's the the other fear too. I don't know if a fear is the word, but it's kind of like you're going out surfing and you don't wanna you don't want to waste the good wave. Like, I think it's right. like that's always in the back of your head, especially in crowded conditions, especially in Southern California. You know, I think when I go to other places, you know, where it's less crowded, I mean, even I'll bring up a place like the Outer Banks, not great surf. I go there every year, and kind of go with my family, but we always get one or two days that we could surf there and we longboard there. And there, it's like I never have a concern because I'm like, well, it's only three of us out here. I don't care. But do where,
8: it. Where, where do you go in the Outer Banks?
0: Um, Kitty Hawk.
8: Kitty Hawk, okay, because Cody Craig, yeah, who you know, he's Don, and yeah. Tom Craig's, yeah. Um, Cody lives out there now. Oh, does he? He's out in Rodanthe.
0: Okay, so down south, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, a lot yeah. of them live, the surf's way better there. I mean, we, we so we got married up by Kitty Hawk, so we go there every year, like, for our anniversary as, like, a week-long family trip, and then my family from New York and my wife's family from Florida, they all come there, we share a house, so we've been yeah. going there for, like, Oh, like 10 11 summers now
8: and there's, and there's I've, d- I've done plenty of promos i've done that on every shop on the outer bank
0: well i'm sure there's you've been fun. to like like what is it golden state uh not Go- sorry um uh gale force glassing and uh what's his name Murray? To the,
8: not to the factories no i haven't unfortunately i've just done the retail stores like the
0: whalebone which is the famous one
8: of yeah. course whalebone well, i'm trying to think of the little guy's shop who's d- in duck uh, there's a shop in Duck that I used to go to all the time. I, we're getting we're
0: getting random. Uh, no 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 no. That's where we actually got married. Was in Duck, but we. Were...
8: Okay, yeah, yeah. And
0: there's there's an awesome like young there's a young longboard scene starting to happen there, and I have like a guy who rides for like our thing. This guy Asher Hunt. His dad is the guy who runs uh, uh, Gale Force Glassing for Murray Ross, and Murray learned to shape from Donald. Like I guess he used to work out here for Donald, and then he moved back home and stuff. I don't know. There's just like,
8: as as you just brought up about the oh, there's these younger guys here, young guys there. I mean, that's where it is. I mean, it's so enjoyable how many great young longboarders there are, and that scene everywhere. And so we'll use this into the transition. That's why I've been working so hard with the WSL to turn its longboarding criteria into traditional longboarding.
0: Yeah, and so when did you first get involved with them?
8: Um, When the ownership changed.
0: Okay, so right then. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
8: and. and Because the ownership are clients of mine.
0: Ah, well, okay, so you were doing coaching for them, and they were like, "Hey, let's let's
8: let's get." Well, when 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 they told me that they were, you know, that they were going to get involved, that Kelly had approached them. I, I was great, and I said, great, now we can finally fix this longboard thing. And they're like, well, we're going to try to fix the shortboard thing first. It's taken longer than they thought. Yeah, yeah. But they they were, you know, they were listening, but, like, I was, I, we were fighting for a long time to try to get the, the machine that was still the old ASP machine within the WSL to understand what longboarding needed to be. And the problem was that it's an athlete-first um, organization. Okay. It's good and bad, right? They want the yeah. athletes' voices to be heard. The problem is that the WSL athletes you know, on the longboard tour were all the high performance guys. Yeah. So they always wanted to vote to keep it high performance. Yeah. And so I was one going in and saying, look, we need to give them a product that's different to sell. Yeah. You know, if, if, if high performance longboarding was great, you guys would all have six figure salaries. Yeah. You guys are, are are now trying to do on a longboard what Kelly and the boys are doing on shortboards much better. Yeah. So that's not sellable. No. And they would argue with me and I was like, "Well, I'm just a consultant. I'm just here to help." Yeah. And so finally I was able to get you know when the WSL kind of had a track on what was going on with the shortboard tour, yeah. they're like, all right, let's fix this longboard thing. And there wasn't a, even a real tour, so they couldn't really you know like hire a commissioner because it was one event.
0: Yeah, it was that one event. Yeah, the the, the, the last one.
8: Right, and and we, we lost sponsors because it was high performance longboarding. Like Swatch was the big supporter, and it became they just got frustrated with watching the longboarding the way it was. And yeah. And finally pulled out, and that was the last of the money.
0: Yeah, I mean, understandable. I, I mean, I. it's funny when all this transition was happening, you know, I think it was even before Devin got the job, you know, I had said, like, if you're going to sell surfing to the masses, it's a lot easier to sell them a surfing that's attainable and versus, you know, seeing someone do airs on a shortboard. It's great. It's amazing. But that you're talking about the top echelon.
8: Right, you're, right. How how few people in the world can actually do that? Right. Right.
0: And then, right. but you're looking at something where is blowing up like long single fin longboarding was blowing up on Instagram. It's blowing up in fashion. It's blowing up on the music scene. Like everybody's into it from all these different angles. And this is something that someone like if you take someone, how can I explain it?
8: If you, you don't have to. I yeah, mean, no. Trying, I mean, you
0: get it. it. It's like if you take. <laughs> If you take someone who's never took a surf lesson and you put them on a thruster when you put them on a longboard, they're going to catch a wave sooner on the longboard and get the stoke and start so buying the know. product and buying the product and paying attention. Right. Um, I think what you guys did, you know, the, for the first year when it was this full first year of a tour was unbelievable. I mean, it went from being something that I know a lot of people doubted to something we all watched intently. Like, we were all like watching the feeds, watching the feeds, like so excited, so happy. I mean, granted, part of it on a personal level is that like we are watching our friends win and
8: that's kind of <laughs> nice. But, but it, it, it's watching it go in the direction that we wanted it to go to. We yeah. wanted to celebrate what makes longboarding special.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: You know, what what we can do that they can't. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's, and that's also where the grace and the beauty and the history is. And the way I was trying to propose it to everybody is like, look, do what you want Monday through Friday create your own instagram stories, do your own video clips. But when you're going to show up for the WSL, where we're trying to create different groups that can be sold whether it's big wave tour, women, shortboard tour, longboard. They've got to be different packages so we can mm-hmm. bring in yeah. different sponsors. We're trying to find money for you guys. Yeah. That was it. And and you guys have to understand like let's let's showcase what we can do differently and what's special and remember longboarding is where surfing started. Yeah this is how we're going to tell that story if it came from here and it went to here mm-hmm. and it's all still beautiful and, 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 and current. Yeah. When you look at all the young people that are doing it. I mean, when you start seeing these 14 and 15 yeah. year olds that are kicking ass at a WSL longboard yeah. contest, it's just like, wow, how did you get that good at 14? Khalees, you know, like, like all the, right. When Tosh comes on, it's going to be just murder. Oh, you
0: know? I'm, what is that next year
8: yeah I mean, is, well, is daddy joel we, gonna
0: let it happen next year
8: we to, well i think joel wants to win before his kid kicks his ass <laughs>
0: <laughs> which he probably i mean look after we're out of this mess i mean whatever events you guys
8: do he i mean he surfed like light like uh, what yeah he he's he's the better he has the combination of being such an excellent competitor yeah along with his skill set, because that was the problem, and like I had to discuss it with Joel. When I only had Kevin Svarta and David Arganda yeah. come into my events, they were gonna get beat because there were 38 good competitors, and at some point you're gonna get out-competed. Yeah, the math but,
0: is just working against right. you.
8: I was, I was like, Joel, I need your blessing. I need you to let the rest of the guys enter. Yeah. You know, encourage them to enter so that I can throw yeah. ten or twelve guys into the mix, and that we can we can win this fight. Yeah, because the women were already transitioning; they were way ahead of it. Yeah, the women was way into that style of surfing already. Yeah, and so we were there. I just needed I just needed the men to show up. Yeah, and then, and then you know I mean I obviously I've known Joel for a long long time. Yeah, and we've had heated debates on many subjects.
0: Who hasn't? Right. <laughs>
8: But he gets it, which I'm just trying to make it better in the classic sense. Yeah. Just a lot, help me do it. Don't fight me. And so I, I the last two years have been fantastic. Getting Devin involved was the best thing ever. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, did you guys get Devin involved because if he was competing, he'd win it? No, I don't think he <laughs> and That's my fear. I mean, how he's surfing now, he surfs better than most 20 year olds. It's like really, it's. But, it's, it's
8: And that's what makes Joel so lethal. There's a certain point where experience, that skill level and experience are going to win out. I mean, there's creativity. And when you look at kids' clips and kids' stuff, that's great. But being able to put that shit together over the course of a competition is a different game. And that's where the Joel's and Devin competed have an advantage because they've just got more experience. That's why, you know, I know that Taylor Jensen rides old males. I've seen Kai Salas ride them. I mean, I know these guys can play the game. Right. And like, that's what the work, that's what your work is. Right. Is show up on these single fans and, and, and crush it. Yeah. So don't fight it. Yeah. Either, either retire. Right. Or embrace it and kick ass.
0: But I mean, I guess you guys have also had a lot of backlash because this old guard of a lot of these these high pro guys are like, they're like, this isn't fair. It's been this way. But it's like, I mean, that's a progression of any sport.
8: Well, it, 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 if, if there was sponsorship and endorsement for mm-hmm. their school of surfing, it, we would still be there. When the arguments were coming out, I, I did the only thing I could do as, as someone with a degree in economics yeah. <laughs> and marketing is I use numbers. Yeah, I go, let's pull Instagram numbers from... Uh, the past four years of world champions on the WSL Longboard Tour, nobody was over ten thousand. And let's take a look yeah. at the hipster logger guys. Nobody was under fifty.
0: Yeah, and but that's like, like some random, and that's some random yeah. kid.
8: So, so what's cool? Yeah,
0: yeah. What,
8: and, and, and when you look at Cuervo and Pacifico yeah. and the marketing and advertising they do, what do their ads look like? Yeah, There sure not somebody doing an off the lip with a nine foot thruster? No you know it's single fin groove so why don't we try to create something that we can get their money and have them support us and we're we're the true lifestyle shortboard guys go to the beach surf and they leave yeah we we hang out
0: yeah we don't we, leave we don't
8: <laughs> want jobs we don't you we know, our families and when the when the hydroflask guys showed up at new york for the event yeah when they saw the spread and they saw the clans yeah. and how multi-generational it was. Grandmothers yeah. were there with their, you know, full families watching the whole thing. They're like, this is the real thing. Yeah. So, you know, we've got Hydro Flask, We've got Cuervo. We've got those guys wanting to support us. Yeah. So I think we've gone in the right direction. We just need the world to get opened up so we can play again.
0: No, I mean, what you pointed out there is actually really interesting when you say the crowds because... I've gone to a ton of the WSL shortboard events on the North Shore, which is like, I've gone during the Triple Crown, you're talking about the premiere of the premiere, and the people who show up, they come to see their favorite surfer, they see the heat, they leave, kind of thing. And I've gone to small surf, longboard surf festivals, and people are there all day long. Everybody's with them, they don't, to your point, they don't leave. I mean, that's consumer eyes, you know.
8: And they bring their coolers and they bring their snacks and they bring everything for a day on the beach. And that's what translates to normal life. Because even in a recession, you got to feed your family lunch. Yeah. Well, why don't you make it a picnic and do it at the beach? Yeah. You know, the beach is an affordable vacation, always has been, and surfing has actually been economically viable through every recession, every downturn in the economy, because, well, we can't afford to go to Disneyland, but we can afford to go to the beach and play and run outside and do stuff and play in the ocean. Right. So, you know, it's been resilient to all economic downturns.
0: No, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I do like this idea, and you brought up a good point, which is... You you approached it to sell it to the WSL and the the way that it should have been sold is that all these different verticals in competitive surfing have different sponsorship types. They all do, and I right. think and if you're all, if you run a company, that's what you want because let's say if they're all the same type of sponsors, a sponsor is going to be like, well, I'm only going to give you fifty thousand because you're going to spread it. Versus if they're you could get fifty thousand from a bunch of different ones. You know, it's definitely from an economics point of view. It's 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 smarter as a business and i do see that happening you know from an outsider knowing some intricacies of what's going on on the inside of the WSL but mostly from the outside perspective as a consumer seeing how the shortboarding is being pushed one way the big wave stuff is being pushed one way the longboard i mean if WSL creates this package where we own every part of surfing even junior surfing and all this that's the thing i think then it becomes more of a brand where people know that's a destination i go to that's everything surfing
8: which I think is good. And that's what they're trying to do. And then they just have to create the different portals for each of the different, you know, styles of surfing that they're they're representing so that when you come in and you're looking for longboarding, you can find it and it has our world represented well. And that's what Devin's pushing for. He's he's fighting, you know, tooth and nail for that.
0: I mean, look, it was great. The first event of the year, to be honest, the fact that you could turn on the app on like my Apple TV and watch it or on my phone or something and watch any heat and see past heats and stuff like that. Like,
8: That's That's amazing. It's it's amazing what the effort that they put in for the WSL to create the platform that they have. And, you know, and they're also trying to just create all these other shows and engage you in the Mm -hmm. different in history and travel. You know, whether it's shortboard guys, longboard guys, big wave guys, I mean, they're just, it's been really fun watching them create this.
0: I mean, what I would love to see on a content level in terms of, and this is just me being a surf person, and I think it would sell a lot is if they actually show the people that make the boards and what kind of boards they're making. Because if when you understand that, that also changes it a lot too. Because well, you, that's,
8: that's coming you okay. know, it, because they're trying to create more content. Yeah. They're they're going to be able to tell deeper stories yeah. and th- that's what the next one is is, is you know the the, bo- the board building story and the hands you know the craftsmen and the hands that are involved in making all this.
0: Yeah, cuz most people like if you're someone who doesn't know anything about surfing and you just see a surfboard in an image like you yeah. don't, you don't know I mean you don't know what that is. You don't. From the block, block
8: of foam to yeah. that high performance, yeah. you know, whether it's Kelly's boards or, you know, a full 9-8 log that yeah. Ricky Carroll made. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I think telling that story, it's the story that I always try to tell through my content is really telling like, hey, there's a lot of hands that touch. When you see a wave on Instagram, someone surfing, it's not just that surfer. There's so many people who've touched that maneuver that it's like you have to think about that's what's going into that wave. And I and I think that's something to be uh, told. Um, speaking of boards, so you wor- you've you been working with Firewire lately, is that
8: correct? Yeah, so um, when Kelly got involved with Firewire, I messaged him and said, hey, you know, the longboard program there is weak in a few areas. Right. You know, because I, I travel a lot and I worked with ServTech for a while and I, I just kind of know a lot what's going on in that, you know, um, the manufactured boards overseas. And so I suggested that they were missing out on some mid lengths. They needed to change, you know, they need to add some things to their lawboard thing. And, you know, I was suggesting that they just do it all with Taylor because, you know, Taylor's got a kid. Now he's got two. I'm like, let's, let's set up Taylor. And they're like, no, Taylor wants to stay more on the high performance. end. do you want to come in? And fix kind of the classic in. So that's when they brought they let Mark martinson shape my my nose riders, the same ones that he's been shaping me, you know, custom boards for years. Okay. And he did my uh, my glider, and okay. then I also had a bunch of mid-range boards done as well. So.
0: So now those are into pr- in production by Firewire.
8: Yeah, yeah. So I've got my nose rider series 90, 94, and 98, and then the Viking is my 11-foot glider. Oof. And, which is what I was writing the other day no no
0: it's funny because I've I've wanted to try one and Devin was going to have me try one of his skip fries and I was like that is a whole lot of board that I don't know what to do with that I'm very scared of (laughs) and like I don't want to fuck your board up like I... I'm not there yet.
8: Kind of... I've, I've had a fried double eagle for over 20 years. Ah, uh-huh. you know it's it was the last one that had his dog laminate because uh-huh. I had a little cattle dog that I wanted to surf with, so he built it so for, for for Sheila and I. So I've got one, and that's actually the board my son rides all the time.
0: Okay, right? that's pretty awesome. But,
8: but the one that I had Mark do <clears throat> is a little bit friendlier. Uh-huh. You know, it's got a little bit more curve through it, and uh, you know they're heavy. And the the cool thing about the Firewire and the TimberTech boards is, it's that Palowina wood, uh-huh. and it, it only goes to, it doesn't quite grow to 10 feet, so you can never make a board with a single piece of wood.
0: Oh, so yeah, you gotta bookend it stuff.
8: So. so it's parquet, oh. they use all the, it's the most recycled of all the, or consumer friendly of all the boards, oh. because it uses 12 to 18 inch strips of wood offset. Oh. So they putting out these sheets of little offsets, Oh. So every board's different, and yeah, it's, they're, they're... What separate. does that
0: do to the flex of it?
8: Well, they're laying out a sheet of wood, and at 11 feet, I mean, the, you, you can get on any of the timber techs, and if you, you know, get on your knees and shake them, they all vibrate just like a normal polyester board.
0: Huh. That's interesting. No, because I've never I've never tried one, so I have no idea. Um, you're also doing stuff with Birdwell, right?
8: The, the Birdwell guys, when they first um, were trying to approach... When the owners were trying to approach the, the Birdwell owners, the Birdwell guys didn't want to have much to do with it. I kind of helped talk everybody into this being a good idea to try yeah. because the guys that were buying it didn't want to change it. They yeah. weren't going to take it offshore. They weren't going to, They just wanted to put new money into it and make it a better company for everyone to work at. Yeah. So the fa- the family was able to retire. With good money, and they got to watch every employee they have get better health benefits, better work environment, so win win, and a better infusion of of, of money, and they're going to make it better. So, and so they've allowed me to uh, get free T-shirts,
0: <laughs> which is nice. No, it's, it's it's interesting to see how that brand has kind of gone through like a resurgence in the last like you know five years or so. us um, doing stuff for them. It's like it's like pretty cool.
8: Yeah, they're 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 great. They they care about what they're doing and who they're doing it with. So that's that's always. Nice.
0: That's important. So now spending, you, you know, you being as one of the luminaries of the longboard world. Um,
8: luminaries, I like that. Yeah, I mean
0: that's how I look at it. I mean, hey, um,
8: <laughs> <laughs> this means you're old.
0: No, no, it doesn't mean you're old. <laughs> <laughs> it means you're important, and it's like people like like look to look to look up to you. Um, what is the most exciting thing that you see happening in single fin longboarding now?
8: Um, I, I just appreciate that that it's finally being respected,
0: mm-hmm.
8: you know, and and appreciated for the challenges that you know it, there are in riding single fins in all the various conditions you are. Right. You know, obviously surfboard evolution. You know, the twin fin, the thruster, bonzers, everything. There's different equipment that work better in certain conditions. Yeah. So, and I'm not an advocate of, of, of riding, a, you know, a single fin longboard in any conditions ever. We all want to ride. We know there's smarter boards. But that appreciation nowadays for the ultimate art of riding a longboard in head-high waves and smaller, that to me just still blows me away. I'm so excited about it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, who are some? Of, who are some? Of, now, you know, with your experience at WSL, you're seeing a lot of these. You were mentioning younger competitors. Who are some of the younger people that you really think kind of are standing
8: out for you? Well, I mean, it, it, the, the Waikiki crew is amazing. Yeah, you know that that whole group, and it's women and men. That's that's where it's so different. And here, here, and this is what it was back in the '60s as well. Is you had Phil Edwards, right? Yeah. Big, powerful guy. And and the Phil Edwards model was designed because you wanted a board as stiff and heavy as his balsa. And so you've got Phil riding that, and you've got Mickey Munoz riding it as well. Right. So as powerful as Mickey is, he was half the size of Phil. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at the women that were riding the same boards, and so they definitely had to use timing and technique over, over brute strength.
0: Right. So it's really
8: impressive to me to watch how well the women – Ride these boards and turn these big, heavy boards and make it look effortless. Yeah, that's really, really special to me.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I never thought of that because a lot of women that I know they do surf boards that like are like in the nine six to nine eight range, and I surf like a nine eight nine nine, and I'm six one, one 185 pounds, and they're nowhere near that size, and they're right. turning the shit out of these boards.
8: It, exactly, and so that means that their timing has to be so much better then you know where we can add a little muscle to it and weight to it to to cheat and they, they get to do it with finesse and timing. So that's why it always impresses me is how skilled the women are. And of course when you see the super gromps, right? When you see the little you know flyweight you know kids that are you know boys that are 19 you know oh that's like it, a
0: trip. That's like yeah. a trip to me. Like it's so crazy like like these skinny, wiry I mean I think of someone like like for instance like I think of someone like Grant Noble. Like yeah. Grant he basically surfs the same board I do, maybe an inch shorter, and he just whips this thing around like it's like like nothing. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, I can't do it. I'm like strong, I'm not like- He, he
8: started I'm... earlier than you.
0: Yeah, well, I know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, Brad's like the best. He's like, I, I, I love him, we, we chat all the time, and he's uh, made me some boards and stuff. Amazing, amazing board build. I think that's the thing that's interesting too about this new generation. A lot of them are making their own equipment.
8: And, and I think the, the the grasp and the understanding that that these surfers have for the equipment is really special. Yeah. And that's the other great thing that you, that people don't realize the difference in longboarding and shortboarding is that we get to know our equipment. Yeah. You know, our boards are going to last us, you know, one to five years to ten years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're not disposable. No. You know, unless something, you know, you lose them in the rocks, you lose them in a pier. Yeah. It's pretty hard to break them. Yeah. Whereas. A, a, a modern high-performance shortboard disintegrates in the course of six months.
0: Yeah, you fold so, it. It's like yeah, it's just...
8: and it and they just it is crush and go away. Yeah, because it need to be light to do all those things. So we get to learn what our boards can and cannot do. Yeah, and when you see it familiar, and words a great example. I mean, she's been on that same board with the checkerboard nose for how long? Yeah, and so she knows everything it's going to do. She doesn't think about it at all. Yeah, and it's when you see somebody that's so comfortable with something under their feet, you're like, that's your best friend. Yeah. that's the board you want to
0: take well the fu- to here's the funny thing the funny thing about worm is those are different boards because she like'
8: <laughs> she's trying to hide that she
0: has a bunch of them uh, yeah because they're, they're all painted the same she paints every single one of them that way but she's the most finicky board person I've ever met in my life like I've but relatively speaking they're all that same kind of style like she gravitates toward that same kind of like she's the one who I had one of my boards stolen once. And one of my, my other board was getting repaired. I had no long boards and she's like, okay. And she had a bunch of boards and she's like, I'm going to have you ride what you you normally ride. And then she showed up at Blackie's and she gave me something totally different. She's like, no, I want you to ride something totally different than you normally ride. And I'm giving you this. And it's basically the same style of board. I've had like four made since then. Like it was the best. She's like, she's like, I had to do that to you. I had to be really mean to you and have you surf something that you normally wouldn't and then you've learned your lesson. I was like, yep. I was like, what
8: what what I really like when I get a new board is I like to assume it can do anything. Okay. I want to slowly learn what it can't do. Mm. Like but from the first fade turn to the first nose ride, I, I assume it's gonna be the best board I've ever had. Oh. And then you slowly like don't you never doubt it when you're looking at it. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. And people can put in your mind the best or the worst thing, like, God, the rails look a little thick. And now get in your head. head. When you get a new board, then you're screwed. It's yeah. in your head. And you're
0: yeah, that's it.
8: Forever. You know, so it's like getting it getting that, that that magic tingle when you've got that new board that this yeah. can do anything yeah. and slowly you'll learn like oh it doesn't do this quite as well or maybe it can do everything better than you've ever done. Like Martinson used to build all my boards for Robert Ox. Mitchington, Mike Mitchington made all my boards during the movie yeah. and then when Martinson got involved I kind of went into his foiled rails, no hard edges, Yeah, you know his board aesthetic and I used to be so excited because I'd get about 15 or 16 boards over the course of a year. Because yeah. my when if you sold a wingnut model, I'd get twenty five bucks. Right. So the twenty five bucks went towards new boards. Oh, so okay. Never, never got money; would just get boards, and then I could no, give boards fair. to people, leave boards behind. Yeah. And there's always one or two out of those boards that were better than the rest of them. They just were; they're hand shaped. So for some reason, they were just it's, better.
0: But that's see, that's the beauty of like long boards, too. it's like you could have someone make you the exact same model, the exact same dimensions, and one is going to be way di- there's it's like it's like guitars it's like yeah. honestly like i play music so it's like i think about a guitar it's like you could take six different fender strats right made from the same factory same person touch them and there's going to be one that's just magic
8: oh. and my can- favorite favorite story is robert mark martinson robert august mark martinson and i would go down to costa rica and we'd be on the beach at negra or at the river mouth at tamarindo we'd have the boards all flipped over there we'd come out of the water just having water just waiting you know to go back out the tide's a little screwy and the wind offshore winds just howling and all the boards start to vibrate a little bit on the beach offshore picks up picks up a little bit more and all of a sudden one board will just go fly out to sea Jesus. mark and i'd look at each other and it's like yeah that's the good one <laughs> we knew one of the boards was better than the other we were trading around these three boards i had to figure it knew out one was good aerodynamics or hydrodynamics
0: yeah
8: that one would lift off and you're like yeah that's the good one that's
0: a good one and then i mean look
8: at it and they'd go you go get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean again that's a beauty i mean it's a, it's a thing that i geek out on for sure it's like you know, I talk to people all the time. They'll come to my garage and they're like, why do you have multiple longboards? I'm like, they're not all the same. Like, they might have the same dimensions, but they're totally different. Like, they're just, you know, you can't explain. Yeah.
8: You, you don't want to see my shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I remember going to Devin's house when I when I talked to him and it was just like mayhem. Like, there were just boards everywhere <laughs> in his house that I was like, oh, if that happened in my house, my wife would fucking lose her shit. She would well, not be cool with it. She has only- she has a six board, six boards in the, in the house rule and I'm like, "You know what? I could, I I could skirt around that kind of There
8: are there are only two in this house. There's the one that's behind me that you can see.
0: Uh-huh.
8: And then there's that one. <laughs> oh,
0: what is so that, that board?
8: That's an Ernie Tanaka.
0: Uh-huh.
8: And the dragon was done by Ed Hardy.
0: Oh shit!
8: So Hardy's an old Newport Beach guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I lived with Hardy when we were in Hawaii because he's got a place over there in Honolulu. Oh my god! And so when Ernie did that board for me, uh, Don uh, did pastel chalks on it. Oh. So I, was, I was smart enough to uh, retire it before it broke. Yeah, yeah. It that's 1988. 1980- yeah, that's 1980.
0: that's that's a hanger. That's like you don't want to mess with that too much. Um, I know I've kept you long enough, so I'm gonna ask you like two two final questions and then kind of let you uh, go do your thing. If you had to pick one place that you could surf at that's your favorite place in the world, what would it be and why?
8: It, it, it's tough. I mean for me, it's almost more about who I get to surf with
0: mm-hmm.
8: than the location itself. Okay. So. I'd be drawn between either the spot that's a block from my house and the river mouth in Tamarindo. Ah,
0: because okay. the personality
8: change at that river mouth is just amazing from one foot to three or four feet overhead. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just fantastic.
0: It's one of the places I've, I haven't gone to sur I haven't done a lot of surfing in Costa Rica. I've mostly surfed on the Caribbean side, but, um, I've never been to the Caribbean side. So It's 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 like beach break fast. It's like yeah. pretty gnarly. I mean, I liked it. It was fun.
8: Well, that's why I've got Santa Teresa and that's what I get down there. But yeah. As, as far as as a great way that you can ride a longboard in at any size. Yeah. River Mouth and Tamarindo is amazing.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, in closing, who would you like to thank, shout out, whatever, say something to? Uh
8: what I really want to thank is is all the athletes that have, have stuck it out for the WSL tour, and given us a chance.
0: That's awesome, yeah.
8: Because I mean, that's I mean, it's not for me.
0: Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs>
8: <laughs> but no, you. I I, I, just, I, I I grew up at a time. Joel and I grew up at a time where you could compete. There was a little bit of money from the contest, but there were actually companies that were sponsoring us. We had a chance to have a dream of being pro surfers, yeah, and, and, and earning a living doing this. And you know, we were treated. We were in that era where, I mean, we surfed with Donald Takayama and David Nueva and Corky Carroll and Phil Edwards was in the water, and Joey Cabell, Billy Hamilton. I mean, we got to walk a mile in those shoes. We, you, you could hang out with Velzi and Tombstake. I mean, holy crap, we're yeah. really lucky.
6: Yeah. And
8: so if if what we can do is offer this next generation of kids to carry that torch going forward, I mean, if Joel hadn't been working so hard to keep the duct tape going, I never would have been able to convince the WSL yeah. that Longboard Tour is viable. Because all I could say was, look, Joel's convinced Vans to put up a quarter million dollars a year to run all of his duct tapes. Yeah. They, they're not doing that as a charity. No. There's got to be some viability in there. So let's embrace his side and what he's done. So the biggest shout-out and thanks is to Joel for working so hard on his end.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I the last duct tape I went to was the one in, in the Rockaways, and what they did there was phenomenal. <laughs>
8: Actually, it was brutal considering the conditions and
0: everything yeah, yeah it was fun it was, though yeah. i mean it's look for me to go if, if you're going to get me to go back home to to cover bit, uh, yeah you get to go there yeah, yeah I, it's a win-win yeah. i get i get my pizza i get my ice cream i'm like fine <laughs> um, just one thing so with the wsl thing and everything that's going on with corona is there any word any kind of like what's going to happen
8: well, no, it's interesting. You know, Devin and I were trying to get the tour. Ideally, we wanted our tour to end before the, the championship tour goes to Hawaii.
0: Right.
8: Right. So ideally an end of summer finish for us. And, I, you know, obviously Devin and I both want it to happen at Malibu. So we were looking oh. at late, late September, early October would be the dream finish for us. Now, are we going to get to have that event in New York? Are we going to get to have another event anytime sooner than that? It's pretty tough right now. The partnership teams are having trouble finding money for anything because yeah. the whole world has stopped. Yeah. But my fingers crossed that we might figure out a way to pull off uh, an end-of-year event uh, in Malibu.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, look, the first event, you guys at, at Nusa in challenging conditions, you know, moving the whole event and stuff, it was an amazing event. And I know it's something... You know, I've had people ask me, they're like, hey, have you heard anything? And like- oh, There's, there's you know, no official
8: I mean, word yet, we've got nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I, th- I think with this whole thing going on, nobody's gonna be able to say anything about anything until May 1st, as far yeah. as I, I know. Just at, follow- at
8: the earliest possible, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, thanks for doing the interview. I'm really stoked. I'm glad you took the time out. Um, yeah, that's about it.
8: Uh, time on my hands.
0: Yeah. Thanks again to Wignet for doing this episode with us also for just a lot of stuff that he's done for surfing a lot of people don't realize behind the scenes that he's actually done a lot of things to help surfing along as well with the WSL thing I I'm the biggest hater of WSL in general because I don't believe in competitive surfing but I think what him and Devin and they're starting to do on the longboard side is something that's going to help make this culture viable because we need to get eyeballs on it so that there's money coming to it for all the people involved. And this is one of the ways, you hate to say it, but it's one of the easiest ways to do it and they're doing a great job. So I hope you guys dig what you know they had to do with it. I also think it's really interesting to hear about that early Blackie scene, knowing the scene I know now because it's gone through so many evolutions and hearing his take on it when it first started popping up or at least when he first started being involved with it and where it is now is really interesting. But again, I don't want to talk too long. I really want to focus this episode on the music, on the tracks because that's important to me, really focusing on DJs and producers. Hope you guys like what I picked, and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace!
3: Man, man, man. You done know this. You
5: done know this. Look. On the internet, I approach you I ain't shootin' five with a nigga, I gotta smoke you My dog said his box just landed, he got his load through his Drive-by way. music, this shit he can pop his toes to His chopper smoke in it it of shoot My boss by a coast to Took the game over like I supposed to I'm in position you cannot get close to I got shot in my throat, still got four classics I'm at disposal. to And the bitches admire my ways I was the side of a cage, now I set fire to stage Every verse recited is wave And I ain't writing a page, hardest nigga out Till I lie in my grave, uh-huh. cook the white up in the microwave. You at work trying to get holiday pay. I'm on an island for days, <laughs> getting money like big meat. 06 this Griselda DJ uh-huh. primo shit, Hey yo, rich
10: lord, poor lord, read the headlines.
5: Oh four, me and she ain't going back at dimes.
10: At in dimes. spot, I had a leash harder than a lot. Sell another brick and we cop a twin five. Hey yo, out of Daytona, Rolex Daytona. Fiend hit it once, fell out of to a coma uh, Elliott, Mac 10's out the Rover Might shoot 32 times for the culture Niggas back a boy, rock a lover boy Undercover they apron, turn the oven on It only had two bodies, I put another on We showed a thousand bricks after some gone Drive in 45 with the potato light in the right hand in. First the burglars flow on the high end The prices won't drop unless you buy 10 Hopped off the Lamborghini, beginning year, it's like godfish In myself reminiscent when I used to time pitch The rob sick, K in the bench ain't way How you doin' fly golf, same shit, bigger back, cocaine killing in with the uh, Dill attack law, poor law, read the headlines All for me and she ain't going back in dimes Coke spotter had a leisure
3: a than and a lime Sell another brick and the cop
10: it twin I
3: skipped town with the money uh-huh. My bitch done you ever try to board a plane with a brick in your outfit? You know I work hands on, had to sit in them houses Learned from real drug dealers, not from internet browsing Who cooked the food in the kitchen that they fill in they mouth with? Me. The head of West like Dion when he split with the Falcons Look at me and see a vision of Melvin yeah. Slightly grinning, but long as we keep winning, I can live with the outcome uh, Drake had Rihanna, uh-huh. Mike had Madonna what else? But I drove a few bricks through the Carolinas Whoa. It's true that they underestimate you when you're modest So I'm frontin' on them every chance I get to be honest the likes about Griselda, they, they tell you that we the hottest Flip wherever I can sell you, cause failure won't be an option Yeah, I sold the block together like a seam seamstress. Like seamstress And I live the rap, about it on Supreme shit rich, Let's no go.
10: poor lord, read the headlines All for me and she ain't going back in dimes Coke spot, I had at least so harder and a lime Sell another brick and we cop fives. <laughs> the swim fives Just find
1: my way to say it, but only if I can to proper way to say it but only if I to to to
9: First and foremost, some rappers are sweet like fructose When I cock back these lyrics, y'all bunks best be ghosts I be the 721, 1821, the illest one I'm almost doper than anyone Straight out the late nights and bed style stepping up, y'all put your weapons up, I make heads fly You're artificial like saccharin, you're crazy fake it's more than skills you'll be locking in. Concepts you bite, cause your identity ain't tight. Trying to be something you're not, like pulling a knife at a gunfight. I'm trooping on that airline flight number 106. Getting all up in your fucking mix You got me upset, and I got you uptight Cause my committee's in your city tonight, alright? We got 17 million of us plus 2 million Indians That makes 19 mil Light like shit up like Wild Bill i be the supreme father plus the ill kid with drama My karma, breathe the Teflon to piss your body armor And make sure you check your shit before you walk to me Or talk to me, step into me improperly You just may catch the weaponry My specialty is tearing tracks out the frame You know my fucking name, I rule all game I'm universal on all planes. What's your claim?
1: MCs, beware.
9: Someone at the meat's freeze. MCs, beware. Yo. I'll be your highness, his slickness You jump the witness, tremendous trooper Verbal nigga with the fitness Drop you for your spot with the blazer then I blast ya Slice precise like Fanny Harness When I come to bring the dramas Style so swift that you can't beat the guard As your lyrics get buried, six feet deep in my backyard I laugh hard While you're mental I run through mazes Dark stages of terror, the shatty dressing room mirror Your whole area gets crushed, your whole show gets bum-rushed Too many dumb punks wanna enter this rap scene Kicking Willie Bobo, but need to be Slap clean into oblivion, the true champion always rises I bring surprises to the Chiefs, plus their advisors Size me up and you will find nothing's larger Catch more wreck on your dome than a deranged fucking barber So what, you made some dough You best keep on scrambling All your vanity is instantly crushed When I start handling, demanding that you pay for your weak rhyme display Coast to coast, I break the fakes every day And make them pay.
5: make them fake I see myself as the black rap messiah Colossal spreading my gospel through electrical wires Spit five through speaks so I can reach each and every Tom, Dick, and Jerry slipping like petroleum jelly Too busy in the limelight, can't rhyme tight I got the bond right to bring dark to light Something ain't right to be an MC You got a thug, or the thug, you gotta be an MC This shit is bug, show love with few Deal with crew and crew only And think universal like Sony Phony pounds and fake hugs is usually avoided Give a fuck my Pizza Hut, I gotta stay annoyed Cause that same nigga you trust Could be that same cat behind that Gatnip bus with the silencer, it hush. ashes to dust, then dust to ashes Nowadays is who pull out the fastest, imagine this rap shit without this gas shit Or the phony cat in black talking about how much is max bit. But this year, gangsta yeah, changes being made No action being played, no fake max getting paid Over Versace MCs with a mouth full of mo, Shining like a hoe, spitting that old-fashioned show flow I bomb show that pastel Chanel rap through a Maxwell Ever since Young Crumb was taught to rap well Going deep process it's thought, when my eyes closes Awaken with a and robe and sandals like Moses Traveling high sands and eastern lands for the answers Ignorance is spreading through the streets like it was cancer Too many drinking, i thinking, we're behind that trigger I 38 escalate the murder rate, for us niggas it's like Microphone roulette, cause nowadays I'm sneezing getting wet
11: Z ain't ready for the click, we got it Heads, Heads ain't
5: ready, man, I swear Nowadays I had it
11: up to here From my chest to my head When the Buddha blessed, bless my head Then the eyes are red Coming for ya Three, two, one, nice to know ya you wanted to pop junks And I was like a little figure Or the floor ya. Ain't ready, grab the original guns and machetes I pin that to the grass like I was Teddy Cause brothers ain't ready for the froze and the dreads Hit you with the Glock from your toes to your head There's an X amount of yard we, yo, that's the guard We pass it Over here, so I can get iry, wiry. Smoke so much, brothers be asking why the original new gun clappers keep on clapping Heads ain't ready for what my clique got in store Cause what we got in
3: store keeps us prepared for the war Shows get blown, hoes get thrown out the room Plus napkins for knit with R.I.D's from now to noon Now assume, position, post pissing in pants Cause lyrical skills is making you feel
12: Still ifin' in case you don't know how we be living, It's in my nature, they keep robbin' like givins For real though, bring it, still broke, you or be killed, joke you don't know so that leaves you screwed like a dildo I still blow Pumps like crust into dust Plus we got your bucks Who
11: the warriors Rockin' dude. rockin' Heads what? ain't ready for the slick we got Heads ain't, ain't ready, man I swear they, they not, not Heads is. ain't ready for the slick we got can't Heads ain't yet. ready, man I swear they not What's that aroma in the air? Treason So what that means, son? Son, it mean it's hunting season Time yeah, so. to stack pates Do you yeah, got what yeah. it takes? Can you react when your life's at stake? Yeah. I rock the strike of an MP. Find my Tim tree and keep a watch for my enemy. Whenever he come in the midst of the boot camp, click it gets real so I still serve justice. 32 degrees freeze until these MCs decide to believe you are free. On my way from out of state, I hit my block F.A.P. with my man Brock, and my man Rock St. Just left my man Brown Nose. Now we got a sack of the black for the shows. Clothes ain't really nothing to me, but I stay with my Timberland. Tree the rock the party, keep my head not T. Did you notice me floating with potency? Buckshot the BBB and Evil D rock fluidly Heads ain't ready for the slick
9: we got. Heads ain't ready, man. I swear they not. Heads ain't ready for the slick we got. Heads ain't ready, man. I swear they not. Mr. McGee,
3: don't get me angry You wouldn't like it when I'm angry. Your thoughts to the dome start to change. Rearrange where y'all be kicking. My flavor, even my neighbors Notice a change in the ruckus' behavior
11: Now you roaches, don't even come close or approach this Would I be smoking, leave your monkey Choking. Straight from Yardie, like the one Robin Marley. You hardly ever saw me without a bag of that bomb weed. I wake up in the morning and chocolate's what starts it. Reaching in my pocket for the roach, the sparky. I'm stepping in hot to this year with my brethren Dry Tear and my cousin with no fear. So who wanna come test the top dog? They dig you out the ditch and then they take you to the mall the laws pay the cost who's the boss the general's past laws that we GCs season four. so you get stamped quick by the boot camp click when your fake mcs come with the same old skits wanna be hardcore but don't know what it is To get paid in the streets or to really get biz. here's misdemeanor the crook with the mouthful known for being lied and rocking those flavor timbals. it's half past lincoln clothes that and stinking country boy got me just zoning and thinking it's time to start stacking on you crap. I gotta move right cause my reps at stake Call up my dogs that's quick to bust Partners in crime take you back to the dust Now I got four eyes to watch my back Plus my own two make it the four six pack Now we bring the ruckus to, to be suckers Body and knuckles like I change up my chuckers Don't you know the W-A-R oh. is O-N oh. Open to them headscoping, Hoping they can get a bite and right by the right But they don't know the night keeps me in my clique Airtight ride right. All, right. All y'all writers wanna chunk the script But you quick to take a flick by my side As you shake my hand giving the fake smile But I peek you for a while Ease out, selected when the BD pull your foul. Can I pull your card again? The Bucks guardians, the armor leg, leg armor head. So begin to drop the bomb, so I
12: can drop. The you BD ask for BD. it, who won't be for his war? For this I pack twin automatic four fours. Kid, this ain't before. Don't even speak about my fleet. Mini pop chunk, put front when them see me, them not ain't ready for the slings we got. Heads ain't ready, when I they Heads ain't ready for the slings we
11: Heads ready, man, I swear they not. Nah. Heads ready for
13: the we got ready, man, with Mactan handles clamp up on your hips, infrared beams so sharp, crease your pan seams. Winchester barrels, I sold them at the Christmas carols. With small scopes for miles, adjust them to your house. With see through Glocks, that's natural, you load with rocks. With vinyl holsters, some acid pellets in the box. Big tanks, that's German. Spanish stores, I be serving. Bodegas and trucks, shipping weight to Las Vegas. Bicentennial bars with leather straps for your arms. Garments and bags with hefty, I'm a lefty. Welcome to Weapon World. you weapon world. You're welcome here we go Headbands for light blue, German lucas, force fields protect, for razor bumps behind your neck. Automatics in seven chambers, 82 bullets, when you pull it the little 25 sound like cannon. Machine guns, electric force while the power runs. Remington A70 for the pedigree. Nighttime militant mass, filled with laser gas. Atomic ACP, 30 round American slugs. The bugs, undefeatable Navy systems. Brown pearls, pistols with FBI whistles. Suitcase with missiles, stash with toilet tissue. Triggers with frames. Before they that you flame, Law enforcement, I got the first kill endorsement Who's these material, eating Cocoa pump cereal Close range focus, infrareds let you notice Factory parts here, screws with the custom parts Deputy badges, fake SWAT team, closing and gases up your asses, over here put on masses Welcome to Weapon World Welcome to Weapon World Weapon world. You're welcome. Antagonist colonist Astrotech abuser. 85 rounds of dynamite sticks with mix on old rifles and little differences I fixed. LAPD can't see me, I wear a Muslim beanie Indian transporter, machine guns across the border And Siberian boats, bulletproof winter coats Across the region, duffel bags on the Major vegan Station wagons with desert eagles to stop a dragon Elephant darts with propane travel through the rain Bust back, the right machine to counteract by 31 shot, wake up the project block Neighborhood with wood, blast off the D off the hood Bounty hunters with camouflage green alligators Trip from the Barbados, chewing sweet potatoes Jamaica I'm making Passport with hand grenades that i bought Let me just... Welcome to <laughs> Weapon World Welcome to Weapon World Welcome to Weapon World Welcome to, Weapon World. Welcome to, Weapon, World. Welcome to Weapon World That's right I have a six foot gorilla With the skin of an alligator with aluminum. With the aluminum skin of an alligator to a 4.8 pterodactyl. That's a dragon plus. With a twist.
0: Volume 61 of the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Hope you've been getting turned on to some new producers, some new tracks. Definitely, definitely, episode description. Look it up. Look up the episode description. It says all the music that's there. Keep stuff out. You know, you have time now, you have no excuses, you can find new music that you never listened to before. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 61. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website bodegabordercrew.com. Lastly, check out your episode description for track listings and things that we're talking about. This week's short take, the first short take we have is this clip that Thomas Lodan put together called Spooky Boy. And he was shooting this uh, back when he came into town. I think it was actually when I interviewed him. And it's uh, starring Matthew Mersal and his time at, basically at San O and church. I think I was there a couple of days when they were filming. And it's also got some JJ and Natalie Wessels in it. It's a really cool clip. I love uh, Thomas's work, not just his photography work, but his film work and what he captures. And he does an amazing job of capturing this person's first visit to California from uh, France and what they thought of it. So we have a link to that clip, make sure to check it out and let me know what you think. The second short take I want to talk about is I have a link to basically the McTavish video series. So McTavish Surfboards is doing this really cool video series with their team riders where they're getting them to do from home videos and they're posting them on Instagram TV. They had our boy Chano do How to Wax Your Board. They had a ding repair demo. They have uh, homegirl Roisin showing her focaccia recipe, which everyone has been making. I've made it a couple of times. I know Michaela and her mom have made it a couple of times. We've been messaging back and forth on little tips and tricks and stuff, but... I love this content. I think it's really cool to check out if you haven't checked it out because the videos are really fun and whoever's doing the post production on them is doing a great job. And again, this is more content to absorb while we're stuck in this lockdown that's still surf related and I think that's really important to keep us engaged. And McTavish did an amazing job and I love that they did this. Like I love that they did this as a brand. Make sure to check out the one where they ask Bob a bunch of questions. That one's really cool because he names a bunch of shapers who we think are the shapers and you'd be surprised with who he picks. So check out that link. The last short take we have this episode is this clip called All Suave that the Inertia put out. and I have a link to the page, not just the clip because I think you should read a little bit about the clip. And It's mostly Cassia and Al Nost. Uh, surfing down in Santa Teresa during one of the uh, random uh, retreats that Cassia is involved with. Cassia does a lot of these retreats to Costa Rica that are really cool. I've been dying to go. It's a little difficult with me being a parent and uh, basically working all the time and doing this thing all the time. So I can't exactly just cut out and leave for a week. And my wife would probably kill me if I didn't take her. And she'd kill me if I took our daughter with us. She wanted to be just us. Uh, so it's really interesting. This clip is like a lot of fun, it gives you a little joy. It's not that long. It's like four minutes, but it's well produced. It shows you amazing Santa Teresa waves. Uh, I've never gotten to surf that part of Costa Rica and the more and more I see clips from there I think that's going to be where I'm going to go next. Uh, I think we've been talking about taking our daughter there when she's about five years old so in a year and a half uh, that that's the plan is to go down there so this was a cool clip to check out. But that's it for this episode. Again, thank you for joining us. Thanks for sitting down. Thanks for sitting tight. I also want to say thank you to everyone who is practicing social distancing and being safe and also the other thing that's been really interesting i want to thank all the people who've been helpful in their communities i live in a community where we have a 55 and older population and i've seen this outpouring of people doing things for them going shopping for them so they don't have to leave the house you know picking up stuff doing errands that kind of thing i think the one one of the things that we'll learn from this part of our history is that It's really gonna show what humanity can do and can't do. And seeing what humanity has been able to do, how we've been sticking together, how we've been helping each other, how we haven't gone too nuts, has been really amazing and I think that's something we need to build on. Roughly, we probably have another two to four weeks depending on where you live of this. We've gone through four to five weeks of this already. We're more than halfway done. If we stick to our guns, we'll be out of this and we'll be better people for it and better experience. I know there's a lot of things, how it was handled was, was wrong, but this is something that is a once in a hundred year event. And we're not gonna get everything right up front, but I think moving forward, we could get things right. I know with the surfing thing, it's a very divided thing where people wanna go to the beach and believe me, in a perfect world, if we could have surfers on the beach where they just came and went and surfed and nobody hung out at the beach. I think that would work. The problem is, the problem is, is that there's other people who come and they don't leave the beach and they crowd the parking lots and they crowd the beaches and they don't understand basic etiquette. And there's also a lot of surfers and I'm particularly from, I'm sorry, from LA County who basically go to other counties and fuck everything up for everybody. The scary thing about all this, I think, on the bad side is that it's going to increase localism because people don't know the basic concept of how to be respectful surfing and skating wise. So with that, I just want to end it like I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to the first responders. I want to say thank you to all the people in the food industry who are keeping it going, both the grocery stores and to the restaurants who are doing curbside pickup because you guys are basically keeping us alive and sane you guys are helping us eat you're helping us take care of our families and it does offer some level of normalcy to our very chaotic lives right now so i want to say thank you and in general everybody out there look be safe we're going to be there for you we're doing more content wednesdays with worm new episode of podcast every two weeks we have new sponsors that are helping us get through the time working on video projects and look if you ever need a shoulder to talk to cry on, you ever need someone to talk to, you can always direct message me. You know I'm there, and I'll see you out there. Peace.
12: I was slinging small dimes, trying to make the come up The blow used to numb up, a few G's a week My clique used to sum up, till my brother got locked up My girl got knocked up, my closest homie each Got popped up and shot up Cops love the block, no way to eat So I dropped a half a G on a rented sp. 1200 sampler in a Yamaha 4 track, the bass from the lab used to blow the fucking door back. But Ghost was doing stick ups, trying to make a pick up. Waiting outside for the breeze truck to pick up. Nothing would work, so we backed the chopping nicks up. Giving grown ass women two vows for a dick suck. When I was stressed, I would head to the rest. Then the pads on the SP12 got pressed. Making beats for the streets so the family could eat. In 93, Wu Tang Clans dropped their first LP. We went platinum. <laughs> Yeah, we flatten them, plockers got fat in them Witten got capping them, statins on the map in them Brooklyn too bombing them All around the world, killer bees start swarming them You can't stop us, you can't block us Rock us or mock us, knock us or top us Better sit back and watch us No matter how hard you try
3: Go hard, so hard If you gon' try and stop me now I be ruckus the rhythm like the blocks be wild Bad enough I got the cops trying to lock me down Can't nobody break my stride Or shake my pride Without a homicide case and trial It's a long time coming Long nines busting Cradle to the grave I will be on my grind hustling Sometimes when I think about it Have my mind bugging The shit that I've been through Things that I've seen The chicks that I ran through Places I've been I'm a victim of the very song I sing it's how it is in the heart of it Most want no part of it Some will soothe the pain through booze and narcotics I'ma hold my head, stay true to where my heart is Either you pay with your life or you pay
6: dues and homage No matter how hard you try.
14: I sit said up, I, I sit said up, I, I still get a busy in my nappy yeah. My soul sliced up, Peter Pan Shadow. Stop me, I'm feeling so guilty. Check my swag, my afro still nappy Check my swag, my afro still nappy Check my swag, my afro still, still nappy I still get still excited while I'm cutting up potatoes at the same time. Shit, I can slice up a hate boy at the same time. Shit, I can smoke a Chris Tucker. My soul get high, vacuum a Chinese boxer. My soul get high, and a snow doggy in a club. I think I said Paris on panties in the club. I feel innocent, I seen cigarettes in the club. Mr. living nicotine flood Fuck it, it's time to go to church The preacher said, my afro snake I lift my sword up, I cut the tomato out his skull Now a preacher can't think. Some people say I got mental power. That's touch a human, I can see his heart slowly devour I'm great in depression My sword will slice the nipples off your breast Starting, 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 chest inflation Then I put his lungs up for donation My eyes closed, but my third eye swollen I'm thinking too hard Yeah about Jedi, my controlling, I sense all evil, I got the mouth for madness I eat with no fork, I'm a old school savage I keep so bad, it's the color of cabbage And the point of my dagger smell just like catfish Jerry, you saved with time at the edge of my sword shit Boy, Jones a badass But I picked my grades up in samurai class My ass taught me how to strike fast Stuck my blade all in that ass <laughs> Stuck my blade all in that Okay, so we ought to strike I still getting busy in my nappy afro My, my, my nappy afro My, my, my nappy afro I said I, I said I, I said I hurt. I still getting busy in my nappy afro I saw a slice beat Peter Pan shadow Stop me, I'm feeling so guilty Check my swag, my afro still nappy nah, Check my swag, my afro still nappy nah, Check my swag, my Oh, the